Thank you for checking out the Missio Day Humble Park podcast and joining us as we join God as he makes all things new. We are excited to pursue his heart for the greatest city on earth and the center of the city in this great neighborhood of Humble Park. presence and more assured of your grace and your mercy for us, Jesus. I thank you for this body here, how you continue to provide for us. Thank you for helping us find somebody to buy our dividers in our basement, God. I'm just, <laughs> it's, it, and the people who actually are buying them said that they're answered to prayer. So uh, I just appreciate, Father, how you seem to work things out, um, and you're, you love to bless us and add no sorrow to it. So Thank you for who you are, and thank you for who you are making us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. As much as possible, I'm going to be wearing shirts with pockets on them so I can hold the recorder in there, okay? So if you're wondering what that is, that's why. So most of my nice shirts I wear, I have a pocket on them, so I'll hold it like that. Um, But this is the second week of the Urban Mystic series about us thriving in the city in the spirit. Um, And so this is Urban Mystic subtitle, Thriving in the City, Thriving in the City in the Spirit, subtitle, Intimacy with God. Do you have two subtitles? I think so. It's fine. It's just a colon and then something else. Um, So learning how to walk with Jesus, walk with God in a greater measure in the city where we are in a context of chaos happening. I don't know about you guys, but yesterday really seemed like, sit down. Yesterday really seemed like the most chaotic day ever. I don't know. It was just shootings going on in Oak Park. It was like um, brawls in the middle of the street happening. I don't, you know, people kind of lose. Yeah, you had the the, the um, festival, the carnival and all that, streets shut down. It's like people kind of lose their minds a little bit the first weekend of summer. Um, but I think like even considering things that feel chaotic like that, how do we walk in a way that allows us to continue to build an intimacy with the Lord? All the things that we do, all the things that we have aspirations to do is really necessary for us to have a solid foundation with the Lord. He's done everything that he's done, sending his son, sending the comforter, just so he could be close to us. And you know what we create? We create things that keep us distant from him. (laughs) We, We create things that keep us further from him. But everything that he's doing is trying to be close to us, even when we were in a garden originally, to Moses. Um, releasing the children of Israel, breaking them out of Egypt so that they can be with God and worship him in the desert. But we are constantly giving God messages that we're not just busy, but we have other things to do. We have priorities that don't include him. And I think that he is, his heart is to walk with us um, and give us the greatest gift, which is his presence. So this summer, we're going to have some activities that are going to help us grow in these prayer walks. Also, um, I want to do something called Friday Night Lights, where we go out on Friday nights and pray for people on the street, that we do that in our neighborhoods that are not just here, but um, also close, to sort of learn to walk with God very deliberately out there. Um, 
And so the verse that I'm going to be reading from today is John 15, 1 and 8. It's a pretty familiar uh, passage of scripture. John 15, 16 and 17 is Jesus, his extended sharing during the Last Supper. That he's some of the last words that he speaks to his disciples. And he's encouraging them and letting them know that he's going to send the comforter. He keeps repeating that over and over again. Jesus knows that we're prone to be very afraid. <laughs> so he tells us over and over, don't be afraid. It's going to be okay. I'm here with you. But in John 15 and 1, it says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no free fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. In the very first two verses, I'm the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. So that means that he cuts the bad branches and he cuts the good branches. This is an example of God the ways that exist in the world and the ways that exist that the Lord can look very similar. Loss, for instance, and death. Are we losing something? Are we gaining something? We may be losing something, but it, it also is a part of us going through this pruning process. Like, how are we supposed to understand the context of what God is doing? While I don't think God causes everything, I do believe that he uses everything. And the enemy causes certain things, but God can use them as well. That it's a cutting that does happen, and it feels painful. Oh, man, cutting off all this extra stuff we had at the other church. Like, that's a painful process of going through these things. And things may have been close that we loved. I really love that, that teal, dirty teal carpet, Lord. I really didn't want to leave it. I didn't want to lay on it, but I didn't want to leave it. You know, it's like even the things that we we have a, an attachment to that he begins to pull away. And we like, is this good cutting or bad cutting? I can't tell what he's doing. But I think that this is why intimacy is important so that we understand the context of what God is doing, because the way that the enemy works and the way God works can look very similar how can we tell the difference? We tell the difference by understanding who God is and who his character is. Jesus is led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. Who does he meet when he goes into the wilderness? But the enemy. 
But God sent him there so that he could destroy the works of the enemy. So same method, different purposes. And things that even weigh us down, God teaches us the pinnacle of wisdom is prudence. Not things that we engage in, not adding more to our plate, but the things that we step away from and that he consecrates us by cutting things off. Our life with Jesus should look like us getting rid of more stuff that is weighing us down. That's a hard thing because we like to add more stuff, as you can see by most people's homes. (laughs) We like to buy more Tupperware. We like to buy more totes. We like to put more things in them. But our life with Jesus and intimacy and walking with him, he starts to point out more things. But like I was saying, there's a different context for everything. The enemy points out things. Why? So he can shame us. God points out things so that he can heal us and deliver us. The enemy is like, hey, look, you remember that you did that one thing? You remember you're holding on to that one thing that you need to get rid of? And God is like, you remember that that's been unhealed? Let me touch it so that I can heal it. Same method, different context. And it's a different heart. And I think that when we we believe sometimes when we haven't been walking with God and walking in intimacy, this is how God gets a bad rap for everything that happens. God, see, I knew you were doing it. I can't really see your heart in the midst of it. But walking with him, just like walking with another person through life, you understand their aims. You understand their humor. (laughs) You understand what makes them happy and what makes them sad. And that's a big goal apart for us this summer and the rest of our lives is to walk with intimacy with God so much that we actually wake up desiring to be with him. The problem is not that we don't have enough time. The problem is we don't. Hmm. We don't want to love with all that we have because it may not work out the thing that we're loving with all our hearts if I hold something back then when it doesn't work out I'll have something to fall back on and God only deals in us showing up with our whole heart fully who we are in Proverbs 3.23, through 24, it says, Prudence is a fountain of life to the prudent, but folly brings punishment to fools. And in 23, the hearts of the wise makes their mouths prudent, and their lips promote instruction. In 24, gracious words are like honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and healing to the bones. That a no is such, so much more powerful than a yes. It's hard for me even like being a pastor, I get paid to do this. I get paid to walk in intimacy with the Lord and it becomes difficult. Seriously, I can keep it up like two or three weeks. And then something catches my attention. I get off track and I'm so focused 
and I feel bad about not being focused. And then I come back and I'm like, all right, Lord, let's start this over again. He's like, all right, let's start it over again. That he doesn't really care how we got back. He's just happy for us to be back. No matter how long it's been, let today be the day that it starts. With all the fervor in your heart to really, really commit the way that you always wanted to. To seek him and to desire him above anything else. Every day is a new day. If his mercies are new, then it means that there is no shame left from yesterday. It means that it is all fresh and new for us to return to him and return to his heart and to hear his gracious words that we will begin. Why are we not going to the next place that we should go to? Because we have to get this right. Because you know what? All the things that we ask for from God means that we're going to be more busy. We're going to have more people to administrate. We're going to have more relationships to maintain. And if we haven't learned to protect our intimate relationship with God, guess what? The reason that he did all this stuff for us is just not going to last. That even in my personal life, that has to be protected for us to walk as a mystic in this world. Galatians 5.22, I read this last week. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. What this means that we are called to bear this fruit And you know what happens to a plant? The more it grows, the more fruit it bears. But you know what's necessary for us to bear fruit? is to remain in him. It's to not feel distant from God. So many things are created to divide us, to split us from the Lord. And they're good things. Come on, you know a phone is a good thing. But I promise you his purpose is to keep us away from God. To keep us busy with other things. And I promise you, even it's not about quantity, but about quality. Taking a moment, 15 minutes to turn your heart towards him. It doesn't even have to be a prayer. To turn your heart in thankfulness towards the thing that he's done. That in intimacy, he, we will understand what his heart is and what we ask for, we will receive. That is, freedom is so underutilized that we find in Christ. It's not more control. It's not more, you know, you ever think to yourself, um, somebody is just like, if you do everything that I want you to do, then you can finally be free. That's not the way it is with God. That is just the closer we are to him, the freer we are to move and to breathe, and to live. And I promise you, love is not thinking of what you lose, but thinking of what you gain. 
Intimacy isn't an easy process or a simple process. You get married and it happens over years and years. And I'm sure there's still some practices, some things that you do that you don't share with your spouse necessarily. Like it, it's a process, a long time of us learning to trust each other and go, man, I really do this weird thing. I'm not going to tell them about it necessarily because I don't want to be rejected. The goal of intimacy always is whatever we share, that it does bring us closer together. And the focus of our heart gives us ways to love our family and our world. That as we get closer with God, it means we can love each other better. And we can love our world better. And lastly, his words remain in us. That we can meditate on scripture. We can worship at a time where it doesn't mean that we're at church or we're with people where the goal and the agenda is to worship. The goal is to be so close to God that there is no room for poison of the enemy. Wouldn't that be amazing to have a week where you are so confident and so assured of God's presence with you that there is no room for lies, there is no room for shame? That would be ridiculous to be able to walk in that kind of freedom. Freedom from intrusive thoughts. Freedom from the effects of relationships. Freedom from the things that, the mistakes that you think you've made that are still trying to chase you down and haunt you down. Our closeness provides us a different kind of freedom. And obedience doesn't feel like the same kind of obedience that the world demands. Walking with God is not like living in a police station. It is like living in Disneyland where everything is possible and you can eat as much sugar as you want. I tried that with one of our kids once. You can be free. You can eat whatever you want. I'm not going to say no to anything. And at the end of the day, he was, oh. (laughs) Okay, God, I see why not freedom isn't freedom of everything because you really understand how to Keep us walking with you. In Psalm 119.36, it says, Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to your covetousness. At MD Uptown, I spoke about um, a message, and it was, What is in your mouth? What are you speaking? How are you talking about what God is doing or not doing?